0: You see, when we live by faith, we can expect God's favor in our life. God's favor doesn't exempt us from trouble and trials in our life. But when we give of ourselves, when we serve others, when we're obedient and generous with our giving, we have every reason to believe that the blessings of God will follow.
1: Questions, comments, prayers? Bobby reads every email and personally responds to most of them. Bobby at onthebrightside.org. Now get ready for On the Bright Side with Bobby.
0: First, I want to talk about giving from a perspective that is rarely talked about, and that is to ponder this question What expectations should we have concerning our giving? Is it okay to expect anything as a result of our giving? Let me share something with you from the word in the gospels. The Lord said, I tell you the truth. No one who has left home or brothers, our sisters, our mothers, our fathers, our children, our fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age and with them persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. Okay. Well, it so happens that the Lord said this to his disciples right after his encounter with the rich young ruler. Who, if you recall, wanted to join up with Jesus. But when faced with the decision of giving up everything, he couldn't do it. He walked away. But I'm fascinated by this passage because I believe it destroys any notion that some teachings would have us believe that we are never to serve God with an eye toward reward, that all serving and giving is meant to be without expectations. Well, let me tell you something God knows us better than that. He made us, He knows that we are creatures who desire results from our actions, and He tailor made our destinies with lots of promises and incentives attached. In this passage of scripture, he tells us that the sacrifice of walking away from family and wealth to pursue the gospel will result in a hundredfold reward in this present age. He didn't say how it would come and in what area of his life it would emerge. But honestly, let me ask you, with a promise like that, what would it matter? The Lord used reward and incentive to motivate his disciples all the time. He talks about it at least nine times in the Sermon on the Mount alone. So as we grow in our relationship in the Lord, it's not a selfish act to have the expectations of his blessings and his rewards. Listen, God wants us to and expects us to live in anticipation of the good things he has planned for us. I'm going to say that again. God wants us to. And expects us to live in anticipation of the good things he has planned for us. The word says, for I know the plans I have for you. Declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And we need to be clear that his rewards have nothing to do with God needing to bless us. Because of anything that we have done. We can't work our way into position to deserve anything from him. It's very important not to forget this point. God is a debtor to no man. You can go on all the mission trips and teach all the Sunday school classes you want to. It won't make a difference in the owing department because the ledger would always be so lopsided. There would be no point to it. God is a debtor to no one, but he is extravagant and his rewards are beyond compare in the word of God. Hebrews chapter 11, well known as the faith chapter. And the author talks about the great heroes of the faith. And he mentions many by name, Noah, Abraham, Moses. And toward the end, this is what he says. What more can I say? I don't have time to tell you about all the other ones who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice and gained what was promised. And shut the mouths of lions. Wait a minute. I didn't make that up. (laughs) The lions are in here. Shut the mouth of lions. Quenched the fury of flames. And escaped the edge of the sword. Whose weakness was turned into strength. And who became powerful in battle. You see all the heroes of the faith. The ones who were challenged. Who were persecuted. Who went through so many trials. God gave them victories in his name. While they lived. In their present age. And yet, and yet, he made it clear to them that they didn't even come close to receiving their ultimate reward while doing it. You see, when we live by faith, we can expect God's favor in our life. God's favor doesn't exempt us from trouble and trials in our life. But when we give of ourselves, when we serve others, when we're obedient and generous with our giving... We have every reason to believe that the blessings of God will follow. We may not know when he's going to do it. We may not know how or where it's going to happen or what area of our life it will rise up. But God is true to his promises. So this morning, I want to encourage all of you to pursue Christ with all your heart. Remain faithful with your giving and know that God is going to bless you. And live each day expecting something good to happen in Jesus' name.
1: Do you ever feel out of place and unable to relate to those around you? Stay with us to learn how it may be an opportunity to stand out and stand up for God. On the Bright Side, we'll be right back. And now back to On the Bright Side as Bobby Bollinger shares his unique layman's perspective as viewed through his lifelong journey of faith.
0: I want to talk about what to do when we feel like we're in the wrong place. How many of you have ever felt like you're in the wrong place? I can tell you every time that my wife and I go into the store Neiman Marcus, I feel like I'm in the wrong place. She feels right at home. I don't understand this. But I will tell you one thing. If you're here this morning, then you're in the right place. Because any time that you are where worship and praise to the Lord is going on, you're in a good place. Can you say amen to that? But what I'm really talking about is being in the wrong place in your life or being really out of place. You know, Dana and I, we moved a little further north of town uh, last summer. So my commute to, uh, to and from the office takes me down Highway 114. And on 114, as you drive by the old Circle K Ranch for a while. And there's this pasture right about where the Trophy Club exit is, where if you look over there, you, for a second, you're not sure what you're seeing. Because in that pasture, there's a small herd of buffalo. And in the middle of the herd, a camel is standing there. A camel standing in a herd of buffalo. And I know, how many have seen this? And even though I drive by there twice a day, I still think when I see it, that's just not right. And over the months, I've, be- I've begun to feel a lot of empathy for that camel. I mean, I even gave him a name. I don't know what his real name is, but I call him Clarence. And I feel for Clarence the camel because I know how out of place he must feel. Well, what I'm talking about is sometimes, as Christians, we can feel like Clarence the camel. Like we're all alone, standing in a herd of buffalo, out of place, not able to relate to those around us, hoping that something will happen to get us out of that situation. And when that happens, I want to encourage you this morning by sharing these two quick thoughts with you. The first thought is this you may need to be like a camel standing in a herd of buffalo. Now, what I mean by that is this. There may be a purpose to you being in an out-of-place situation. To expand just a little on Pastor Steve's message a few weeks ago, when Daniel and his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were just making sure that you were listening. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were deported to Babylon... They absolutely found themselves like a camel standing in a herd of buffalo. They were in a strange land with a strange culture, and they felt completely out of place. But the word says that they decided in their heart to be true to their beliefs. And when it came crunch time for those boys, when they had to give in and go along, or they had to stand up for what they believed in, they made a choice that secured their destiny and glorified God and their story has lived for thousands of years because of that decision so when you find yourself in an out of place situation sometimes it was meant to be sometimes it's an opportunity for you to not just be out of place but to stand out and to stand up for God second idea I want to share with you is when you find yourself out of place, is that it's easy to feel alone when you're out of place. But you're not alone. You're not alone. The Lord uses these out of place experiences as opportunities for us to experience Him in a brand new way. In that same Bible story, when King Nebuchadnezzar threw our three boys in that fiery furnace, he looked in the fire and he said, Wait a minute. How many did I throw in there? And they said, three. And he said, I see four guys walking around in there unharmed. And one of them looks like a son of the gods. You see, they weren't alone. The Lord was with them all along. And even though it seems like you're all alone and totally out of place sometimes, you have to remember... The Lord is right there with you. Especially when you're going through the fire. You know, many times we like to refer to our life with Christ as a walk. We say we walk with the Lord. We refer to other people's walk of faith. What we don't talk about that often is that it's a walk, all right. But it's not always a walk in the park. There are hills to climb. There are valleys to cross. And there's lots of twists and turns along the way. And sometimes, sometimes, you may even feel like a camel standing in a herd of buffalo. But you don't have to let these out-of-place situations derail your walk with God. You have the victory because Christ lives in you. And because Christ lives in you and he lives in me, we can make it. We will make it. We can keep walking and we can keep living victorious, overcoming lives in Jesus' name.
1: The Bible says men will dream dreams. Stay tuned as Bobby shares how Jesus came to him in a dream and how life-changing it was for him. On the Bright Side, we'll be right back. I love the intense brightness and durability of Nebo Tools flashlights. Listen, my neighbor lost his keys, and I asked if he had checked under the seat of his car. He had, but I handed him my Nebo Tools second-generation Slide King flashlight, and I told him to look again. He found the keys. My neighbor was impressed. This flashlight is so bright. I want one of these, he says. So I ordered him Nebo Tools second-generation Slide King flashlight. An amazing high power 500 lumen flashlight, chips on board work light, red light, and red hazard flasher. It's equipped with programmable memory settings for each light mode, has four times adjustable zoom, and it's rechargeable. Find Nebo Tools' intensely bright lights and flashlights, including the powerful rechargeable second-generation Slide King flashlight at batteries plus bulbs outlets, in hardware stores everywhere, and online at nebotools.com. That's N-E-B-O-Tools.com. Use the promo code ChristianRadio and receive a 10% discount on your order. At work, home, or play. For the ultimate in flashlights, let Nebo light your way. We hope you're enjoying Bobby Bollinger's unique layman's perspective as
0: viewed through his lifelong journey of faith on the bright side. I learned a new word this week, and I became intrigued by this word, and I want to share it with you right now. Here it is. Okay, now when you first see this word, it looks like something on the menu at a Mexican restaurant, doesn't it? You're not sure what it is, but you think it's big. But it's not that at all. In fact, this word is pronounced, I think, magna nematos. Why don't you try saying it? Magna nematos. Well, the word is Latin. And, uh, of course, Latin is known as the dead language. But what fascinates me about this word is what it means. It means... Greatness of spirit. Years ago, I had a dream. I've never spoken of this dream publicly before. And the reason that I haven't is because I always felt it was impossible to articulate it in a way that anyone would understand it. But in my dream, God allowed me to have a glimpse of the persona of Jesus Christ. And in my dream... I was a bystander at a large arena filled with thousands of people and where the Lord Jesus Christ entered from the back of the arena and engaged in the people as he came forward toward the stage. And it was a modern setting. And the Lord was tall. He was well-dressed. He was an incredibly striking individual. And yes, he had long hair. And as he made his way down the aisle, he stopped and he greeted hundreds of people along the way. And there was considerable noise and excitement building as he moved forward. Throughout my dream, I never heard him say a word. I just observed him coming closer. And at one point, when he got close to me, for just a split second, he made eye contact with me. And that moment was unforgettable there was all at once a familiar familiarity and a desire to get closer and there was something about the way that he moved and the way that he smiled and the way that he enjoyed his surroundings and then I woke up abruptly and spent hours trying to think of how to explain what I felt when I saw him and that exercise left me so frustrated that I stopped trying until this week when I encountered this word, Magna Nematos, greatness of spirit. Now, outside of that dream, I've never encountered anyone with such greatness of spirit. But I have seen greatness of spirit in other people. And I know it's there because the Word tells us that you and I have this same greatness of spirit within us. The Apostle Paul explained to Timothy that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And all my life, I just thought that verse was about telling us that fear isn't from God. But it's also telling us what kind of spirit God has given us. A spirit of power. A spirit to love and a spirit to have a sound mind and to understand all the things around us. You see, what Christ has, what I witnessed in my dream, is his gift to you and me. You know, I would trade that dream I had for anything that I own. You know why? Because from that day to this, when I think of him, I see him as I did in that dream, and it changed my life. Can I ask you something? Do you see his greatness of spirit living in you? I can promise you that it's there. When we really seek after him, when we really have a desire to get to know him, his greatness of spirit come spilling out of us. You say, well, how do I, how do I find the, this greatness of spirit? I don't know. But someone much smarter, smarter than me said this. He said that the greatness of a person's power is in the measure of their surrender to the Holy Spirit. Magna nemitas. It may be a word from a dead language, but the greatness of spirit... That Christ has he miraculously planted in you and me so that we can be alive in him and live an overcoming and purpose-filled life in fact the Lord said this I tell you the truth anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I've done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the father What an amazing thing to say. My prayer for you today is that you discover all of the greatness of His Spirit in you.
1: Thank you for listening to On the Bright Side with Bobby Bollinger, entrepreneur and business owner. As a spiritual life coach, how can he help you? Questions, comments, prayers?